Well, good morning, everyone. Very warm welcome to you all, uh, especially those uh, now joining us by phone and, uh, and those joining us by Zoom link. It's good to have so many of you uh, linking in with us this morning and uh, trust that you'll enjoy uh, as we worship our risen Lord together. Now, the theme for this morning is confident in the gospel. And uh, that's continuing in our series looking at 1 Peter. So I trust that uh, you'll enjoy our time together. Uh, just one notice to give, and that's to the members of Heatherville Baptist Church. Uh, and that is that the leaders, you should have already had a letter, but the leaders are calling a special church meeting on the 7th of July um, at 7.30 for an 8 o'clock start. The reason for the 7.30 is that we need to register people coming into the meeting, and that takes a little while. Uh, so if you could sign in as soon as you could, that would be great, so that we don't have a big queue at eight o'clock uh, trying to sign in. Uh, to make sure all goes well, we're, we're doing a test meeting on the 29th of June, uh, just so that you get used to, uh, July, sorry. Uh, no, it is June, 29th of June. Um, so that everybody gets used to how to vote, how to uh, sign in and so on. So if you're able to make those, that would be absolutely great. There is one agenda item, and that is uh, a discussion and vote for Mark uh, in his new role. So please uh, put that in your diary and we look forward to seeing you uh, either at the special church meeting or both if you can make the test meeting well. Let me read uh, from Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who has promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, let's give thanks and worship our God with some sung worship, and I'll hand over to Steve. Morning, everybody. Lovely to see you all again. Um, let's just worship our God and our King.
highest of heights to the depths of the sea. Creations revealing your majesty. From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring. Every creature unique in the song that it sings All exclaiming Indescribable, uncontainable You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name You are amazing God All-powerful Untamable, awestruck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, You are amazing God, who has told every lightning bolt where it should go, or seen heavenly storehouses laden with snow. Imagine the sun and give souls to its light It conceals it to bring us the coolness of night None can fathom Indescribable, uncontainable You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name You are amazing God Untamable, awestruck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, You are amazing God. You are amazing God. You are amazing God. Indescribable, uncontainable You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name You are amazing God Incomparable, unchangeable You see the depths of my heart and you love me the same You are amazing God your name the mountains shake and crumble at your name the oceans roar and tumble at your name angels will bow your people cry out 
we praise you, Father, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that you are our solid rock, our fortress, our rescuer, our shield, and our place of safety. We thank you for being our everlasting God, the creator of all the ends of the earth, who does not faint or grow weary, and whose ways are higher than our ways, and thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Because you care for us and delight to hear our prayers, we come before the grace, the throne of grace this morning, and we bring to you our prayers of tradition. And Father, we do pray for those uh, in our fellowship, those in the families that are joining us this morning. Lord, you know the individual needs in all of our families. And we thank you that your care be goes beyond our understanding. And so, Lord, we would ask that through the power of your spirit, you will move upon each one who is uh, linked to us this morning and their families, that you will touch those that need a touch of your hand in healing. Lord, we pray that you are, we know that you are creator God and you can do more than we can ask or imagine. And so, Lord, we pray for a healing on all those that need a touch of your hand. We pray for those who are feeling lonely, who don't have family to share things with. But Lord, we thank you that you never slumber nor sleep, that you are always with us every minute of every day. And so for those that are feeling lonely this morning, we pray that you will surround them with your love, that you will draw them close to you, that they may feel your touch on their lives this morning. And Father, we pray for our country. Lord, it's disappointing when we see uh, what's happening uh, with all these demonstrations. Peaceful demonstrations are one thing, but where there's violence and rioting. Lord, we, we pray that uh, you in some way will speak into the hearts and minds that those, of those who uh, enjoy or want to wreak violence in these situations. Father, we would pray that you will bring a peaceful end to these demonstrations. But Father, we pray for all those in the emergency services that are involved in all these protesting uh, situations, for our police force, the medical profession, uh, the fire service. Lord, for all those involved, we pray a special touch of your hand on their lives. We pray protection and we pray safety for them. Uh, that. Uh, that they, they just might be protected against all that the world might throw at. And Father, as we look around the world, we can see the devastation that this virus has caused. Lord, we pray for all those who are affected in one way or another by this virus, whether it's through illness, whether it's financial, whether it's security. No matter what it is, Lord, we know that you can just be with them in this situation and we pray a peace on all those who are suffering at this time well we also pray for the scientists around the world that are involved in trying to find a vaccine lord we pray that you will guide their thinking you will guide their experimenting and lord you will bring about 
a vaccine against this virus. But Lord, we do thank you that uh, whilst this is going on, there are people around the world who are turning to you, whose security has been broken because of what's happened. And they're turning, you for, turning to you for their security. And we pray, Lord, that you will just be there for them and that you will bless them. So, Father, as we go through our time together, we pray for a touch of your spirit on each of our lives, that we might be touched in some way this morning, whether that's through the readings, whether that's through speaking, or whether it's through Martin sharing your word, that each one of us might be different because we've met with the living Lord this morning. And we ask that you'll bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. I've asked Stella if she will uh, bring the reading this morning, and it's from 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, from verse 3 to chapter 2, verse 3. Thank you, Stella. I am. Praise to God for a living hope. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, to, who, through, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled in an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you search intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when, the predict when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have not been told, that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Be holy. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, 
do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in, those, in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, and every kind of every kind, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that, the Lord is good. Thank you very much, Bella. I guess this is the uh, point now where uh, you're all disappointed um, because uh, there is no Mark doing the all-age talk this morning. Um, Mark's been busy this week, so we, we felt we needed to give him uh, the, the week off uh, so he can concentrate on his college work. And so instead of Mark, he got me. So uh, apologies for that. Um, but I thought I'd take um, the all-age um, talk from verses three and four of uh, the passage that Stella read for us. And in three and four, it says, God has given us through Jesus an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Some of these things uh, I'm going to share with you now. Some of the things that, that Val and I have inherited over the years and uh, some have more sentimental value uh, than others and some have a financial value. Um, but I just thought I'd share some of the things with you. Now, I know because it's on the screen, Green. You might not be able to see uh, very well um, the things um, that are coming up, uh, but hopefully you'll, you'll see something. Now, the first thing um, is a chicken. So we inherited a chicken. Now, this, this has a lot of uh, sentimental value, 
um, to the grandchildren uh, of my mum. Uh, this is my mum's chicken, and uh, we inherited it when she died a few years ago. Now, this chicken is very special because whenever we visited with uh, our children uh, and my brothers and sisters' uh, children visited her, she would go to the fridge, knowing that they were coming, she would go to the fridge, she'd get an egg out of the fridge and hide it in her lap. When they came, she sat the chicken on her lap and stroked it and cooed at it and asked it to lay an egg. And lo and behold, it laid an egg and she pulled it from her lap. Now, all the grandchildren were so impressed with this that every time they went, they got the chicken and wanted it to lay an egg. Now, when uh, the first of the great-grandchildren were born uh, and my mum did it to her uh, and produced the egg and gave it the egg to her, she said, great Nan, why is the egg cold? I thought it would be warm. So my mum eventually got rumbled, but uh, it was from the fridge. So very sentimental value. Uh, but unfortunately, over time, this will fade, it will, uh, all the fur will come out and uh, it will get um, a bit rubbish really, uh, and it will perish. Now something we uh, um, inherited from uh, Val's aunt um, was a Chinese rice bowl with stand. And uh, in the rice bowl, you may not be able to see, but uh, it's got little rice patterns which are translucent. Um, and it has all the Chinese um, symbols on the back, so we haven't got a clue uh, what it um, means, where it's from, uh, but we did have it dated at one time, and I've forgotten how, how old they said it was. Um, but, of course, it's never been used, um, because it was always on display at um, Val's aunt's home, um, but it is very fragile. And uh, if we drop it, of course, it will get spoiled. It will get smashed and it will get spoiled and then becomes absolutely worthless. And the last thing uh, we inherited, and we inherited this from Val's uncle, and um, this is first edition Pickwick Papers. So it's dated 1837 and it's in two volumes. So first edition Pickwick Papers. Now, unfortunately, they're not in the best condition um, because on this volume, the covers have um, come off, the spine is broken. And uh, if I open it up, you probably won't be able to see. Um, but there's a lot of foxing um, on the pictures and uh, on the pages because somehow along the line, it's got damp. And so any value that there was in these two volumes has now gone because they are starting to fade and the condition is not good. So things we inherit um, can be of sentimental value, can be of monetary value. But of course, anything in this world will eventually perish and fade. But the good news is that through Jesus Christ and all that he's done for us, we have an inheritance, as Peter wrote, with him, in, in heaven that will last for eternity. And no matter what value we put on the things that we have, our inheritance is more precious than anything we can ha ever have here on earth. And that we can have it 
free of charge uh, just by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Saviour. So there's just some, a few things, and I'm sure you've got uh, different things that you've inherited over the years that have either sentimental or a monetary value, or you've just got them hidden away in a cupboard somewhere. Uh, and I invite Martin now to come and share, but before he does, let me, let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you caused Peter to write and wrote the things that we've heard this morning. Lord, we thank you that your word is a living word, and through the power of your spirit, it comes alive when you are speaking through your servant. And so we pray for Martin as he comes and shares with us now, that you will bless him, that you will open our ears and our hearts to receive from you, that we might not only be hearers of the word this morning, but also doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Tony, um, for that. I mentioned um, last Sunday the old uh, country and western song by Jim Reeves, This World Is Not My Home, I'm Just A Passing Through. Well, this kind of sums up the theme of Peter's letter. Um, we are passing through uh, this life as Christians to our permanent home in heaven. And as Tony mentioned, everything in this life is temporary. It spoils, fades, perishes. And so we are to store up treasure, as it were, in heaven, where nothing spoils or fades. And while we're, living, while we're living on this earth, we are described by Peter as strangers or exiles. And that is because we live by heavenly values, even while we live on the earth. In other words, we have dual citizenship. We live on the earth, but we are citizens of heaven. And so at times, the values that we live by, or the values that we should buy, live by, will be in conflict with the values of our secular culture. When we seek to follow Christ, there will be, some of his teachings will not be shared by wider society. And so there may be ridicule, hostility, uh, mis misrepresentation, misunderstanding from wider culture towards us. And that's why Peter writes this part of the letter he wants us to not just kind of um, be shrinking violets in our culture as Christians. He doesn't want us in the face of hostility to kind of withdraw into a holy huddle. He wants us to live confidently as Christians. He wants us to remember that we have a brand new identity as children of God and to be who we are, children of God. He wants us to live out confidently our citizenship in heaven on the earth and so Peter writes to encourage us to live confident lives as strangers here on this earth and um, there's three things that I want to pull out from that rather long reading which um, Stella read so well and the first one is that Peter gives us confidence by calling us to remember where we're going um, do you ever have that um, weird thing where you've gone to a room in the house and you know that there was originally a purpose for going there but when you get there you can't remember why you're in that room anybody else just yeah there's thank you <laughs> thank you it's not just me then um peter does not want us to forget our final destination 
And so all the way through this first letter of Peter, he keeps reminders, reminding us about where we're heading and why. So in verse three, he says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. Peter wants us to keep heaven in mind as we travel as strangers in our temporary life on this earth, where this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ not only is the basis of our new life, it's not only our forgiveness, it's not only that by faith we are born again and become children of God, it is because Jesus was physically raised from the dead our future hope, which impacts the present, is that we too as Christians will be raised physically with glorified resurrected bodies on the day that Jesus returns. We will receive resurrection bodies that will not spoil, fade, decay or die. They won't be subject to death. They won't be subject to sickness. They won't be subject to aging. They will be free from all pain and suffering. And we will live in a renewed creation, a new heaven and a new earth, in these glorified resurrected bodies. And God promises even better that we will be shielded as Christians by his power until Jesus returns so that we can receive this inheritance. Just listen to verse 5. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, the picture there is of, is of soldiers protecting and guarding a population, of, of keeping evil at bay, of keeping out um, harmful um, and hostile forces. And so God has an army of angels and his own power guarding us and shielding us as Christians from temptation and the works of the enemy. And he, he, he promises to keep us, to preserve us, until Jesus returns. Isn't that wonderful? That all the resources of heaven are poured out upon us to guard us and shield us so that we will run the race, stay the course, and claim our eternal inheritance in Christ. And so we should rejoice, shouldn't we, about this? We should rejoice that God's agenda is to guard us and shield us so that we receive that eternal inheritance. In the meantime, Peter says that Christians may suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. In the West, as our culture moves from its judo-Christian -Christ heritage, the more hostility we will face as Christians, the more marginalised we are becoming as Christians the more we can read and identify with letters like 1 Peter. And the more with, one, with Peter we can say, I feel like a stranger, an exile in this culture. We feel like strangers in a strange land. What was once accepted by wider society, so Christian views on marriage, gender and sexuality, is now ridiculed and shamed and seen and seemed as... Um, pitched as anti-progressive and old-fashioned and bigoted and all the rest of it. 
merely identifying with Christ and his values will bring about ridicule and shame for us as Christians if we're to be faithful in this world. But Peter reminds us that this kind of suffering, this kind of ridicule from our culture, is only for a little while. It's only temporary. Um, now that doesn't diminish the reality of our suffering. It reminds us that we have a living hope, that our present suffering is a light and momentary affliction, as Paul calls it, that is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. Did you know that all the trials that you go through in this life are preparing you for the eternal glory of heaven? Did you know that? That all of the things that you go through, whether it's persecution from wider society, ridicule, shame, sufferings physically, aging, whatever it is, these things are preparing us for our eternal weight of glory. So our suffering is no accident in this life. Uh, second half of verse six uh, through to seven. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Um, even uh, precious metals like gold have to be purified by fire to make them uh, completely pure. There still can be some impurities in, in, in the ores in which these precious metals are found. So the, the impurities need to be removed if they're to be beautiful and uh, pure. And it's true for us as Christians. The trials, the sufferings that we go through in this life purify us. They remove impurities in us of sin and self-centeredness, preparing us for that eternal weight of glory of heaven. So your sufferings and mine are not random. They're not pointless. God is refining us, purifying us, making us like Jesus. Um, gold is beautiful and uh, wonderful, but it's, it's, it will fade. It's perishable. The glory that Jesus is bringing about in you and me and making us more like him is imperishable. It'll never fade, spoil or perish. It will go on and on into eternity. So that's what God is doing in us in this life. He's purifying us. He's molding us. He's shaping us through these trials to make us like Jesus. And even better, if we endure to the end all of these trials, Peter says that that proves that our faith was always genuine. So if we get to the end and we meet Christ and he says, well done, good and faithful servant, the fact that we've endured and persevered and run the race proves that our faith was genuine. And we will be made as he is when we see him. We shall be pure and holy as Christ is on that day. So firstly, we live as strangers on earth but we, by remembering that we are journeying through this life toward our eternal inheritance. Secondly, Peter wants to give us confidence by reminding us that we live as strangers on earth by living like citizens of heaven. Now, some of you, I think Stella might be included in this, have dual citizenship. I don't know how you feel about your dual citizenship, but perhaps you live here, but your sense of identity is still shaped more by the place in which you were born. I don't know. But in a similar way, Christians are to live as citizens of heaven here on earth because our 
permanent home is not here, it's in heaven. Verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. What that means is Jesus Christ will be revealed. When he comes again, he'll be revealed in all his glory. And those, who, those Christians who died and those Christians who are still alive on the earth will be caught up together with Christ and will receive new glorified resurrected bodies fit to live in a new heaven and a new earth. Um, and we are to live lives in preparation for the coming of Jesus. Now, let me illustrate. Um, one thing about lockdown is, is it's given me a number of illustrations, if you'll forgive, uh, if you'll forgive that. <laughs> but um, we are preparing, aren't we, for becoming virus free uh, in this country. But to prepare to be virus free, we have to live differently now, don't we? We have to um, socially distance. We have to wash our hands. Um, we have to make sure there's only a certain number of us uh, gathering together. Um, we had yesterday, we had the, the first gathering in our garden with grandparents. There were four of us and two of them. So my understanding is that we're within uh, the laws. But it was lovely to be able to meet in the garden and uh, just, just to enjoy that freedom. But that's not the freedom that we're hoping for, is it? We want the freedom to be able to get, come and go into one another's houses, um, not just to use the toilet in an emergency, although how that works, I don't know. Um, but we want to be totally virus free. We want our schools to be functioning fully, don't we? We want workplaces to be fully functioning. So to, 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 to gain that future, that freedom, we need to live differently now. And the same is true for us as Christians, isn't it? To gain the freedom of heaven, the glory of resurrected bodies in a new heaven and a new earth, we need to prepare for that by living differently now. We need to live out our freedom as citizens of heaven here on the earth. In other words, we need to live holy lives. Verse uh, 14. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance but just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because i am holy um holy is a difficult word because uh, it doesn't have a good press um you get people saying are you one of those holier than thou's um i don't really know what that means but i think what people mean is are you one of those self-righteous pharisee like christians who's always thinking you're a do-gooder and you're better than somebody else um, or holiness as a kind of idea of giving up all the fun things in life. You know, does it mean seeing ourselves as do-gooders, as better than others? Well, I don't, it's none of these things, is it? Holiness is about family likeness. Um, some people say, I don't know why, but that my son looks like me and that my daughter looks like uh, my wife. I don't, I don't know why, but that's what people say. So you might say, for, for our family, like, um, like daughter, like mum, like father, like son, that sort of thing. Um, we have the family likeness, don't we? Some of our mannerisms are also passed on. It's not just our physical appearance. Um, and when you see some of the mannerisms passed on to your children, you think, oh gosh, yes, I can see that now. It's quite scary. But when someone becomes a Christian by trusting in the word of the gospel, 
they, they take on a new identity, don't they? They become part of a new family. They are born again by the Holy Spirit. They become a child, an adopted child of God. And this new birth changes our identity. God the Father now becomes our Father, and we are his children by faith. As, and as sons and daughters, as children of the living God, we are to bear the likeness of our Father, the family likeness. And since God is holy, we are to bear the family likeness of holiness. Um, holiness means that God is utterly pure, utterly just, utterly loving, utterly kind, utterly compassionate, utterly powerful, all-knowing. He is pure and all-powerful, all-sovereign in his attributes. He is perfect in all of his attributes and power. But also the concept of holiness in the Old Testament related to those things which were consecrated or set apart or dedicated to God for his service. For example, the temple and the priests were set apart, consecrated for the glory of God. And this, in this sense, when God says, be holy as I am holy, he means that he is dedicated to his own glory and honour. Because God is perfect, he is the only being who can dedicate himself to his own glory. He is perfectly loving, just, kind, um, powerful, and therefore he's the only being of which it can be said he can work for his own glory because he is worth it. He, is, he alone is uniquely glorious. And therefore, all things are for his glory. And so we are to be dedicated to God's glory. We are to live and work for his glory and honour. And as the, as the new covenant people of God, we have been set apart, consecrated, dedicated by being sprinkled with Christ's blood. In the old covenant, Moses would sprinkle the people with the blood of a sacrifice and God would declare them holy because the blood would cover their sin and they would be forgiven. But in the new covenant, as Christians, we have been made new, we have been forgiven and cleansed and purified once and for all by the perfect and once and for all death of Jesus. So through faith in Jesus, God declares us holy in his sight. And therefore, we are to be who we already are in Christ. God has already declared us to be holy children of his. Therefore, we are to live out our new identity. Be who you are in Christ. Be holy. Reflect the family likeness of God the Father in his holiness and perfection, in his love, in his purity, in his truth, in his justice, in his kindness, in his faithfulness. In the fruit of the Spirit, we are to display and demonstrate the family likeness of God. So we're to live as strangers on the earth, confidently by living as citizens of heaven here on earth. Thirdly, we are to live confident lives here on earth as strangers by urging um, one another to love one another. Um, I hear a few times, uh, sometimes I hear um, professing Christians say that they love Jesus but not the church and um, that, that can be really sad, can't it? When when somebody's been uh, disappointed by or let down by the church, um, that, that can be really painful. But is a bad experience of the church a legitimate reason to abandon the church? Well, of course, sometimes it can be right to move churches. That can be absolutely the right thing to do. But I think what saddens me most is when people have abandoned the church altogether, have given up 
on the church because they've had a bad experience or been hurt by somebody. But of course, a privatized Lone Ranger type of Christianity, independent of the body of Christ, is simply not recognized in the New Testament. Jesus says time and again in his Gospels and in Paul's letters, forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. Now, don't get me wrong, this is hard. Um, this, is what, this is the hardest aspect of loving others is to forgive others when we've been hurt and to say sorry when we've hurt others. This, this is some of the, the toughest teaching. But if we're to love one another truly, then we will need to exercise this forgiveness towards one another. Peter urges us to love one another, however difficult it is. Verse 22. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. In other words, when we believe the gospel and accepted Christ as our Lord and King, something brand new happened in us. We were born again, made new, we became adopted children of God through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Christ's blood sprinkled us and cleansed us from our sin, and we were given new birth. We were made new creations by believing the word of the gospel. We were born into a family with new spiritual DNA. Um, God's DNA is love. 1 John says, God is love. And when someone becomes a child of God, when someone believes in Jesus and the gospel and they're born again by the Holy Spirit, they get new spiritual DNA. Because God is love, love becomes the spiritual DNA of Christians. So we have no excuse for not loving one another because God has planted his love into our hearts and poured out his love into our hearts and given us a brand new DNA to love one another. It's obvious, isn't it? If the unbelieving world looks at the church and sees malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander, it has every right to wonder if Jesus really does make the difference we claim he does. And worse than that, many people reject the Christ through the hypocrisy and bad behavior of the church. But does this mean that as and when we see malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy within the church, we have a permission to walk away? Well, clearly not. Um, Peter would have us grow in love. This is costly and it's difficult and it's counterintuitive sometimes for us. But we are to seek to put away or rid ourselves of the kind of behaviour that dishonours Jesus and his church. So when we come across this kind of behaviour in church, actually we are, we are called to be change agents. We are called to love others in such a way that we set them an example and we speak truth in love, calling them away from destructive behavior and into the fruit of the spirit, into loving one another as Christ has loved us. So we have a responsibility to help one another grow in love for one another. Uh, Peter says in 1 Peter 2 verse 2, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. I still remember making up um, bottles of, uh, of, of milk uh, and uh, I could never, I, I think I remember not being able to keep up with the demand from my son, Sam. He was a, he was a hungry baby. He still is hungry, 
um, but in a, as a teenager, um, still eats us out of house and home, but he craved milk when he was growing up and he, he then craved food of every description. Now as Christians, we are to crave the milk of God's word. This is the milk of God's word that caused us to be born again and uh, as children of God. But it's also the milk that helps us to grow up in salvation, to mature and to learn to love one another as Christ loves us. We are to taste and see that the Lord is good by craving the milk of gospel teaching. The more that you crave the milk of the gospel, the more you want. Now, I'm not talking here about the gospel that just saves us and forgives us. I'm talking about the whole truth of the good news of Jesus in saving us, um, making us new creations, but then in sanctifying us, growing us to be more like him, and then glorifying us when he comes again. The whole gamut of the gospel, in other words. And we need to help one another grow up in love by craving pure spiritual milk. Um, so do you set aside, uh, do you plan time with the Lord, with your Bible in prayer every day? If you don't plan it, it won't happen. You, you don't know that and I know that. Um, we need to be disciplined just as we have time to clean our teeth and we do it at a set time. We need to spend time with the Lord, listening to his word, craving the spiritual milk of his word through prayer, that devotional time. But also we need to set aside time to study scripture with other Christians because it's in community, in studying the word with other Christians in small groups, that we grow into what it looks like to love other Christians in community. And then, of course, um, we need preachers to open up the word of God to us, that we may be, that the whole church may be equipped to build itself up in love. So we are to live as strangers here on earth, but by remembering that this world is not our home, we're just passing through. We are to live confidently as strangers here on earth by living as citizens of heaven. And we are to live confidently as strangers here on earth by loving one another. How do we do this? We do it because we are, we have been born again. We have been given brand new resources through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are children of God. We are obedient children of God. So we are to be who we are, holy children of God. Those who've been set apart, consecrated, made new and given new power through the Holy Spirit to obey. Let's pray. Jesus, we, we thank you that you have made us new. We thank you that you've given us a new heart, a new power, a new desire to, to obey, to be holy as you are holy. Lord, grow us in the family likeness. Thank you, Father, that you are love. Thank you, Father, that you are perfectly holy, that you are perfect in all of your attributes. And Father, I pray that you would grow us to be like you, that we would be like you as your obedient children. So Father, forgive us when we are disobedient. Forgive us when we lose sight of heaven, when we live like everybody else on the earth. Help us, Father, to realise that we're being prepared for heaven and to prepare now by living holy lives who reflect the glory of Christ. For in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Martin. I hand over to Steve to uh, uh, lead us in sung worship. Thank you, Steve.
father for your great love and blessing over our lives thank you that your favor has no end but it lasts for eternity we ask that you walk with us in your blessing and goodness today and all this week that your face would continue to shine upon us that you would open the right doors for our lives and for our loved ones and that you would close the wrong doors and protect us from those things we need to walk away from we pray that you would make our way purposeful and our footsteps firm out of your goodness and love. Give us a heart of wisdom to hear your voice and make us strong through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.
Well, thank you, Martin, Steve, and Stella. And thank you to everyone joining us this morning. Have a great week and may God bless you.